Welcome back, everyone, to our latest episode of High School Transcript. This is your host, Rowan, joined here by... Your co-host, Brayden, and we're here with the amazing Mrs. Zavodnik with some incredible stories to share with all of us today. We hope you guys enjoy giving it a listen. Last time we nailed it, so... (laughs) I know! (laughs) No pressure. Pressure, pressure, pressure. It's a small school, so you did everything. Small school? Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Humboldt County in Ferndale which is a little tiny town five and a half hours north of San Francisco. Oh. So, like, around the Modesto area or? No, it's way further north. Oh, so if ooh. you look at California and it's the last bump before you get to Oregon, it's like an hour and a half to the Oregon border. Okay. So it's right there. It's a little teeny tiny town. There's 1,500 people. How many people were in your high school class? 32. <laughs> Yeah, it's a very small, everyone knows your business from when you were little. And I moved there from down here mm-hmm. um, when I was six. Oh, wow. Yeah. So what was like your high school experience like? It was it was fun. I mean, I was involved in everything. So, um, I mean, you played sports. If you played one sport, you played them all. So tennis, basketball, softball was where I started. And then the tennis program got cut. So then I started playing or I was a manager for volleyball my junior year, and then that was, like, really boring. I couldn't manage anymore. So then I decided, all right, I'm just going to play. So with no experience, I played my senior year, um, was able to get on the court, and then, yeah, I played in college too, so that was fun. It was a lot of fun. And then we had all sorts of clubs. Like, we had Pep Club, which is different from down here, so we supported all sports, and we would um, – like, get together. I mean, obviously, there's not a billion of us. But, I mean, sports were a big deal in a small town. Like, we had our football games on Saturday afternoons instead of Friday nights. So that way, this is going to sound really funny, but it's because of the milking schedule. And a lot of the boys worked on dairy farms, so they had to go home and milk. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole town would shut down for the JV game starting at 11. And then the varsity game was right after that. And everybody would be there. And, like, we went to playoffs every year. In fact, um, my school came down and played in Rancho Santa Margarita two years ago for the state title. I mean, we're very good, and everybody comes. They'll bring, like, three booster buses with them and charters, and we had more fans than the hometowns most of the time. So wow. it was super fun. What other clubs were you involved in in high school? So, funny, I was involved in um, FHA, which is Future Homemakers of America because it is a country area, so there is those kind of things. I was in pep club, I was in ski club, and we would go to Squaw Valley every year and ski for a week during school, which was pretty cool. Um, then I uh, National Honor Society, um, all the different sports. Anything that was there, I was probably part of because, you know, in a small town, it closes at like 5 o'clock. There's nothing else to do. You belong to every club, so that way you can get out and have some fun. Wow. Oh, yearbook. That's the other one, yearbook. So you were a good student in high school. I, could I was. With natural, natural yeah. Honesty. Yeah. I was second in my class, but I know it's with 32 people. It's not saying much, but, you know, uh, yeah, I was. And then even in college, I was a really good student. I graduated with a 3.7 from college and a 3.9 from with my master's. So, yeah, I was a very good student. In high school, where did you see yourself ending up career-wise? You know, I didn't really know at all like you know um i loved cooking i took um foods they called it foods not culinary arts i took it for two years in high school one because before you left in your games you would make food so i got to eat before every like basketball or softball game because we left after school and not during so it was like hmm i like to eat so let's do that so i thought i'd probably be the chef or maybe an artist of some sort because i love to draw 
that's kind of my passion. But, um, I mean, I guess I should have known my mom was a PE teacher. And even though she didn't teach us, she raised us. Um, that was always part of who I was. So it kind of just was a natural flow into starting to teach and coach. When did you really start that transition or start down like the path of teaching? Was it college when you finally realized that's what you wanted to do? Um, well, right after I graduated, I decided that I wasn't, at first I wasn't going to play volleyball in college. So I took that, that, um, sport off and I started helping out at school. Cause I, again, I lived like a half a block from school. I mean, it's a small town, you don't, it's a mile, like kind of radius situation. So I um, helped out. They didn't have a JV coach, so then they just offered me the position, and I ended up starting to coach, and I liked it. Then I played softball for college and um, was pretty successful doing that. But my coaches left after that, so then I started coaching softball. And uh, my mom got the position at the junior college coaching because she was very good at what she did. And she lost a few players due to injuries and some other um, grade situations. So she's like, will you come back and play for me? And I was like, no, I don't want to play for you. <laughs> but I did. So I played for her one more year, and then that was, like, the last I played. And then I started coaching, and then that's when I knew I just really wanted to coach and be around kids and teach skills and, and that kind of thing. So then I started coaching. Um, I was, like, the varsity head coach at age 21 at the high school. And then I coached um, JV softball and then was there for like eight years while I went to school and slowly got my degree. <laughs> what was your college experience like? It was super fun. I'm not going to lie. Junior college was great. I highly recommend it um, for those who can afford to go to school. I loved it. It's the same education. My sister is a year older than me. So I took a lot of classes with her, so that helped with the homework situation, especially as I traveled. Because our closest games for college was three hours away. The furthest junior college was seven and a half hours in a van. So, yeah, those were long weekends of playing. So, um, But I loved it, and that's why it took me two and a half years, because I had to be very careful what classes I took. And then I um, transferred up to Humboldt State, which is the local school, and... Uh, it was a blast. It was so much fun. I, when you go to college and you get into your degree and people are very much like you, it just becomes so much fun. So that's where I met a ton of friends. Like right now, my husband and I, he was at Humboldt State before me and then transferred down here because he couldn't stand the weather because it rains a lot up in Northern California. But we have 20 friends that we used to play. I used to play softball with, you know, like the old lady stuff. But it was like, you know, intramurals I played softball and volleyball with. And we're still friends with them today. There's 20 of us. We get together in the summers and go to Tahoe and meet up and go, you know, just stay in a cabin or like obviously a big house because there's 20 of us. And then we all have kids. So all of our kids know each other. They're now starting to get married, which is kind of fun. But, yeah, we still have this group of friends that I met in college and super close. And one of them was my husband's principal down here for a while, which was interesting. Um, but, yeah, it was a blast. I, I think it's the best time of your life. You get to experience in who you are. I highly recommend taking classes that make you uncomfortable. I took um, a lot of psychology classes, personal growth and adjustment, um, interpersonal communications, nonverbal communications. And I think that as a teacher was key and it made me uncomfortable because I was super quiet. Like I was the quietest person. I'm the one that is going to sit on the wall and watch everybody and not talk. And as you guys know, I'm very loud now. <laughs> so I learned out who I was by taking classes that made me uncomfortable. What did you end up getting a degree in? My, I have two, well, three. 
degrees. I have a degree in physical education. I have another degree in adapted physical education, which means that I can work with special needs kids. And that's where I started my teaching is in adapted PE and working with special needs kids. And then I have my credential and my master's in um, general education. So that way, if I ever wanted to change, that it gave me the options to teach anything I wanted to. Okay. Did you start working uh, right after college, like right after you got your degree? Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I got my credential and I had met my husband through all of our friends. And so I moved down here from like a two lane highway place to Orange County. Wow. That was like the biggest shock of my entire life. I was like, what am I doing here? So I got lost a lot. So I took a job at um, Outdoor Science School, which some of you guys have probably gone in your sixth grade. And I worked out there um, in Running Springs by Big Bear. And I did that for six months as I figured out how to navigate big city life. So that was an experience. I'm not, it was a blast. I loved it. I loved the friends that I made there. Um, I just didn't like it when it started to snow and you still went outside in it. I was not prepared for that situation. <laughs> so I did that. And then um, once I did that, I started subbing in um, Newport Mesa School District. And the funny thing, which is again, super funny, the things that you do in order to get your job, I sub for the music teachers. And they really liked me as a sub because I didn't mind making fun of myself. I didn't mind singing in front of little kids because who cares? You know, they're little kids. I sing terrible. Just a fact. But it's okay. And uh, they gave me a job. They said, hey, we have a lady who's going to be going out on maternity leave. Do you want a 40% position? And I was like, you mean I don't have to go to the sub line every day? Okay, why not? So I taught music to kindergarten through first and second for two years. But, of course, that didn't pay all the bills. So then I worked at an Orthodox Jewish school and taught PE, yearbook, consumer math, art, and health education in a dress. So PE in a skirt. I, it was very, very interesting. It was very, very warm in Orange County, but I loved it. I, I still have multiple friends from that. Um, a couple of the rabbi's wives and I are still friends on Facebook. Chayalea um, is one of my favorite students from that era, and we contact each other quite frequently on Facebook, and she's amazing. So I think that's really good. And then I would, of course, leave the Jewish school, and then I coached at a Catholic school, and I coached volleyball and softball again. So I, like, hit every religion, every place that you could work. It was three jobs in order to pay the bills, and that's what we did. How did so. you end up here? We wanted a house. To be quite honest, it's really expensive in Orange County, and I pretty much hated it. And we had visited some friends out here, and I liked the fact that I could see some cows. And I know that sounds funny, but coming from a small town, I love the fact that there is a dairy here. That amazing chocolate milk. So that was a big thing, and we could afford a house. So we started looking, and I got a job in 2000 doing adapted PE, and it was a full-time job. And they went year-round back then. So I got to pick what weeks I wanted off during the year, which was a pretty cool <laughs> deal. And um, I had Keegan at that time. She was two years old. Um, and so we moved out here, and I worked there for 2005. And then my job was cut because of numbers. And I was low man on the totem pole, and Lakeside High opened up that year, and I was just blessed to uh, come here. But it was not a smooth ride. I was, they interviewed me for the volleyball job, and I had kids, and I was planning on having another one. So they were, like, interviewing me for the volleyball job. And I'm like, um, I didn't apply for the volleyball job. I applied for the PE job. And they're like, but you have experience. 
true. And then I gave him my friend's name. <laughs> I was like, you might want to look into him because he's a really good volleyball coach in the area. But obviously I was meant to be here because I have not looked back and I have loved every single minute here. So from the beginning of Lakeside, from your perspective, how does it how has it changed since the beginning? A lot more students to begin with. And um, we have such a family. There's one thing about the people that work here and the people that have been here, especially since the beginning, is it's a huge sense of family. You know, I've never felt more comfortable in a job that I feel here at Lakeside. You know, like there's a purpose to be here. The students are amazing. And I just see the growth every year. Because at the beginning, it was hard. With the younger kids, it's a little bit hard to have that leadership. And you can see the leadership grow in kids like you guys here, you know, and our teams and the coaches that are here and how everybody is just so dedicated to this school because we are unique and people don't know how good we really are here, but we're amazing. So that's what I think. So the family's just grown bigger. So what's your favorite thing to teach here at Lakeside? I actually think the two favorite things that I like to teach is my leisure life when I work with the special needs kids and I see our typical peers um, playing with them because I've taken, in the time that I've had this class, which I've taught it off and on now, I think for like six years, I've seen kids that are not the best students here just fall in love with these kids and these kids that are angry and not doing well in regular classes coming and volunteering in my class and just smiling and giggling and laughing and every kid that is in that class uh, afterwards it says you know when I go to this class it just makes me smile I'm happy like even if I'm having a bad day I go to this class and it and just makes a difference so I thoroughly enjoy that class and then I like my academic essentials class working with students who struggle because I think that's a huge part of our students here where um they're not the best students, but they're good at athletes, or even if they're good in theater, I mean, I don't discriminate in that class per se. They just need to be involved in some kind of thing on this campus. And giving them that extra support here to come in my class when you're frustrated, to be able to come there and do homework after school, because I'll stay like an hour, hour and a half sometimes, depending upon what season it is. And seeing these kids go from a 0.5 GPA to a 3.3 at their senior year was huge. So I, I like that class. And I also think it's really important. Since I've been here, I've written like three different classes and every five years I try and like reinvent something of myself, find something new, stretch myself. So that way, you know, you don't get stale. I think uh, teaching PE I love, but it's also the same thing over and over and over again. So I like doing new things. Are you still coaching? Not this year. This is the first year I haven't coached since um, we've been here. But, I mean, it's a unique situation with COVID. And because Violet's playing in college and I'm able with distance learning to be able to do my job during the day and then watch her at night and travel with her, that for me, this is the first time I've really put my family first and my needs as a mom to want to watch her. So, And since Keegan can't play anymore since she got injured, I'm, like, soaking up every minute that I can of Violet. So have you enjoyed distance learning, or do you think it's it's been helpful for you? I completely dislike distance learning as a teacher because I miss, like, coming down and seeing you guys on campus. Yesterday when I saw some of the football players, it just brought me such joy to see people, and I'm a people person. So I miss those interactions. But I can't, as a parent, it's super nice to be flexible enough that when Violet was homesick to be able to get in the car and drive 
and still do my job and have that flexibility. So that's very cool. But if I had to choose, I'd be in person, even with that ability. So I know Violet attended Lakeside. Did uh, your other daughter, Keegan, as well? Yeah, Keegan did too, which was, it was such a blessing. She could have gone, we live in Marietta, so she would have gone to Marietta Valley or Vista at the time because Mesa wasn't there. But from the get-go, as soon as I got the job here, she and Violet were gym rats. So when I coached, they were here constantly. You know, when I was at softball, they would go up there at softball and practice and stuff like that with us. So they have always been around Lakeside. So yeah, both of my daughters went here and I was able to coach both of them, which Again, I didn't want to be coached by my mom, but, you know, <laughs> forced my kids to go to with me. <laughs> what are they both doing now? Uh, Keegan is at um, CBU. She'll be graduating this year. She originally took a scholarship to go to Ryder and play softball, but then she had two extremely bad concussions. So after her freshman year, she decided not to play. Took six months off, got healed, then got another offer went to go play and it just didn't work out. She ended up having a seizure on the practice field and we knew that she was just done at that point in time. No sport is worth your health. So she is getting a degree in nutrition with an emphasis in sports. She's right now applying to grad schools and um, has become part of the research team at CBU because of her um, amazing professor who has inspired her and asked her to join in. So that's kind of cool. And then Violet is at BYU playing softball and killing it right now. She's starting as a freshman. Mm -hmm. She's hitting like 470 and has already four home runs in the season after three weekends. So it's been really fun, like I said, to watch her. And I was so nervous. I think I almost cried and like just like shook like an earthquake for like the first three games she played because the first one was against ASU. And that's an intense team. They're ranked in the, you know, top 15. And she hit a bomb on her first uh, outing, yeah, which was pretty that. cool. That was yeah, it was cool, you know. But and then she struck out four times after that, which I didn't actually tell people. But um, it just shows you that you you have to keep working at it. You know what I mean? Especially baseball and softball is it? It's little tiny things that matter. And two hits out of ten is good. Three is good. So I mean, she did strike out four times because she was nervous and everything, and then ended up with an RBI single at the end. So at least she. Uh, Made up for it. Yeah. So outside of high school, uh, what are your other hobbies that you do? Well, I definitely get along with, with friends a lot. We uh, we have a couple of really good friends from my husband's high school and, like I said, in college. So we get, we get with them quite often. But I love to craft. I am that person who has her own little she shed in the house. Now that the kids aren't there, the bonus room is mine. And I have a um, heat press and a silhouette. But I also paint, draw. So, I don't know, whatever I feel like doing. If I see something I like, I'll try to replicate it. So, I definitely um, put a lot of time into that. And refinishing furniture, I'll find something free on Craigslist or Marketplace and, you know, make it pretty. Those are the things that I like to do, so. Hey, but you went from first grade through high school with Guy Ferry? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So, um, in the small town that I grew up in, I always say it's small, so like 32 people in my class. Um, yeah, Guy was in my class um, in first grade in Miss Lescue. That's when I first got there. And, um, yeah, we were friends for the whole time, and we all knew each other and hung out. And then we were in foods class together in high school. He had the kitchen in that class, which is really cool back then. They would actually have home ec classrooms. So I had four kitchens in there. 
and we had I think five people per kitchen and everyone had some kind of job to do and the boys the kind of like the rowdy ones were in the kitchen to the right of me I had the people who liked to work because I was more uh, organized and driven and yeah he, he would cook next to me we were friends and then I remember I was pregnant with Keegan down here and I was going up for my little sister's graduation and and the plane, if you get to San Francisco, then you have to take one of those little tiny planes that's, you know, run by a rubber band in order to come all the way up there. And I turned around and Guy was right behind me and he was ready to go up to Humboldt too. He was going to see someone else um, graduate within my sister's class. I think now his little sister is a couple years older than my sister. But we were just were talking. That's when he was opening his first restaurant. We were talking about that. My sister's class, um, class of 1985, because I graduated in 86, and they, our classes would always get together for um, reunions and things, so we were always kind of seeing each other, whatever. My dad just saw him last year, well, not COVID year, but the year before that. There's a county fair that is across the street from my house. Yeah, there's a county fair where they show cows and auction and bake pies and stuff, and Guy comes back every year and does a barbecue fundraiser for the town because, again, with everything being so small in economy, he definitely gives back, which is awesome. And when we were young in seventh grade, Miss um, Dixon, she's one of my favorite teachers, and he'll probably say the same thing. Almost everybody says that she's the favorite teacher. And she did a mini society to teach us about economics. Guy was the mayor. He also was the one who would make the most amount of money every week. Like, it was crazy. He always had something to do. He was an entrepreneur back then and then um, convinced his parents to buy a pretzel cart, and he worked the fair, and he would hire our friends to work it, too. And he that's how he started in business, and he's just an amazing person. He's super nice. If you ever were to talk to him, he's not stuck up or anything. He was the kid in class, the kid, the jokester. Like, Miss Dixon would get mad at us, and Melanie, my friend, had this, like, ridiculously crazy laugh. And if we'd get in trouble, we'd be like, guy, make her laugh, tell her a joke, you know? And then Melanie would laugh, and then we would all, we wouldn't get detention or anything, so. But he was just, he was a really good person, still. And I coached his sister in volleyball for, like, three years and know his family well. So, yeah, it was, it's pretty cool. We were here when he got those, when, I remember we were on campus and you could vote when you had to, when he was on the, what is that, the next Food Network star? Mm-hmm. That's how he got his start on TV. And I was having my whole class, I gave extra credit if they would vote for him. <laughs> <laughs> Did it work? He won. Oh, okay. Now he has, what, 20 different restaurants and three shows on the Food Network. Yeah, he's doing really well. So do you still go back and visit your hometown? I do. I usually try and go at least once a year. It's about 12-hour drive from here, and I've taken the kids. Um, with COVID, it's been difficult, you know. Um, but my um, stepmother, my dad and my stepmother, they divorced when I was 20, I think. But she's still family, and my little sister and brother. My little sister just moved from, from there, so I'd go back and visit her. My older sister is a teacher up there as well. She teaches at a Montessori school. She teaches English at the junior high and I have, you know, nieces and nephews and things up there. So I love going up there. It's so, it's so peaceful. The kids go up there all the time. Violet's been up there several times. In fact, we took her senior pictures where I took my senior pictures. So that was kind of cool. We went out to the beach and everything. So they think of it as home as well. Do you enjoy traveling? Oh, I love it. I love to travel. 
I've always like driven in my car. And when I was young, my mom used to take us. Her only brother lived in Pennsylvania. So we would drive every summer across the United States and stay at, you know, motel sixes and go on water slides and pools and things and think that was amazing because there's no pools up in Humboldt because nobody swims. There's like a indoor pool at the junior college that you pay a dollar. It's terrible. Ugh, smells like chlorine. It's awful. But yeah, no. So I started traveling when I was little. I've been all over the United States. Um, I took my kids for a two week when I stopped coaching here the first time and took them. But then I started with Tillery like two years ago. And that was, or what, three years ago when Keegan was in school, I went with her to Italy, Greece, Sicily. And then with Violet, we went to Ireland and where'd we go, Rowan? Ireland? Wales. Yeah. Uh, London. And Paris. Paris. Yeah, that was yes. a fun trip. What was yeah. that experience like? Oh, my God. It was amazing. Didn't we have fun? It was fun, wasn't yeah, it, Rowan? It, it was like, fun. It was fun. I had never gotten my um, passport before, never gone outside the country, to be quite honest. I've been to Mexico once, and I went to Jamaica on my honeymoon. So, I mean, you didn't need passports for those places. So this is the first time I've ever, when I went with Keegan. And, I mean, Mr. Tilly does an amazing job, and Mr. Perez, they are wonderful. And I've been very lucky to become a chaperone or a constant chaperone whenever they need an extra, and I highly recommend it. I think it's worth sacrificing in order to be able to pay for it to have those experiences because to be with your friends in another country or to be with even lakeside students for me it was just brilliant to watch people learn about things they've never known before and to see the eiffel tower for the first time to see the england the london eye to walk around and see the artists on the streets amazing i mean i i cannot wait to go back to sicily and i want to go back to um Madeira and to, um, what is that one other place? Termina, which are two of the, my favorite places we went on the first trip. Beautiful places. I just can't wait to go back. Which was your favorite trip? Probably, that's really hard because there's like sections of each trip that's amazing. Like Ireland to me was brilliant. It's beautiful. It's green. We traveled all around the country in the day, basically. Wasn't it, Rowan, on the, on the bus? Yeah, pretty much. And, I mean, like, we were there on New Year's, which was pretty cool. That so. was really cool. Yeah, to be at New Year's in another country is is amazing. And we, I've been in Greece for New Year's, and they everything above the um, – was it the Parthenon? I forget what place it was. You know, you've seen all the fireworks go off, and you can see it from your hotel. I'm in the top of the hotel. Um it just it's it's amazing but i definitely think ireland and then like i said sicily i didn't only keegan has been with me on that my husband and violet haven't and we're gonna go back because it is just brilliantly beautiful very beautiful ron and i were on the same trip that was a lot of fun wasn't it twice yeah because you went didn't your husband didn't he lose his passport in greece (laughs) (laughs) i remember that one yes he did which is really funny because i'm more like the not very organized. I mean, I'm organized as to a fault, but I'm more like big picture thing. And my husband is the one. He'll check the hotel room beforehand and look over everything six different times before we leave. And we were in Greece and on our way to Athens for our last day. And <laughs> we had to get up super early. It wasn't like 6 o'clock in the morning. we never get up that early, early and get on the definitely. bus. Like ridiculous. It was still dark out and freezing cold. And we got on the bus and about an hour and a half into our four-hour bus ride. He wakes up from a dead sleep. Oh, my gosh. Okay, maybe he said something else, but it was basically that. And he's like, I don't have my passport. 
And then literally by the grace of amazing Greek people, uh, Mr. Perez called the lady he met at in a small shop and talked to her. And then we talked to the one hotel and they didn't know what to do. And then we talked to the restaurant that we went to the night before and and they are like, oh, yeah, it's no problem. Like, we thought it was going to cost us about 300 euro in order to get it back. And it ended up, um, it literally was like planes, trains, and automobiles. It went from the bus to um, a guide to a store to my husband. And it cost us $10 to get it back. And But it was like, literally like a four-hour train ride or whatever that his passport went on. So, yeah. Wow. I'm never going to let him live that down. <laughs> I'm just saying. I have, you know, definitely ammunition to uh, make him humble for a little while on that one. But I'm sure he still enjoyed the trip, even with that little um, you know, mishap. He did. And he, I think that the students really enjoy him. I mean, he teaches fifth grade in Marietta, and he, he loves doing that. And history is one of his biggest things. So going on these trips is amazing. And each year, it's like there's one or two um, – different students that really connect with him and then will follow him on Instagram or will talk to me and like, hey, tell your husband this. And that's really fun. Like Nathan was on our trip and I think he was just talking to Violet over Instagram and he was like, tell your parents, hi, I miss them or Shane. And, you know, there's just, it's a lot of fun. And I'm, my husband's been just an amazing support to me this whole entire time. When I coached and I coached two sports a year here and I spent all my time here, he would come with the kids and come to the games he loves meeting students. We've had two students live with us um, in all the years that I've been here. One lived with, with us for two and a half years, and the other one lived with us for about a year and a half, her senior year. So and I just i am super blessed to have a supportive husband on that. Are you guys both teaching from home? No. he His district makes him go into his classroom. He has to be within an hour. So when I get to travel, he doesn't always get to travel and watch Violet. So I'll be texting him or Facebook living it for him to watch. But no, he's going into the classroom and um, teaching those little fifth graders because they're 10. It's a difference. He has to be on the whiteboard. He actually gets to hand them out material and they get to come and pick it up from him and ask him questions like twice a week and stuff. So yeah. He can't wait. They go back sooner than us, so he can't wait for them to go back. Are you excited for uh, Lakeside to potentially go back next year? <sighs> I'm counting the days. Like I said, I would go back now. Potentially. You know? Well. <laughs> They'll be back. Be nice. We'll be back somehow next year, what it looks like. You know, no, I don't yeah. think any of us know because everything changes every day, it seems like. Did anyone see the numbers yesterday? Do we know if they went down? Well, I mean, it went down from 28 to 14 for sports to be able to go back. Um, which is definitely a big improvement, and I'm definitely glad that's happening. I'm super excited. If it goes down to seven, then the indoor sports can happen too. And I know girls yeah. volleyball definitely wants to to get up and running. They've been practicing this whole entire mm-hmm. time. There's some great seniors on there that deserve to be able to play that last season. So I'm hoping for that, you know, and then I get to come watch because, you know, like I said, I miss you guys. So for me, when the games come, I'm going to mask up and get over here and watch <laughs> if I can, you know. I'll be that stalker from behind the fence if we're not allowed in. <laughs> I just miss it. I miss being here every day. I came and I tried to work in my classroom. It was too depressing. I see all the pictures of the kids on the wall. I think I scared you one day. <laughs> I was doing um, filming for my freshman class just so they could see on campus and take pictures and helping Miss um, Green by taking yearbook pictures. And I opened his classroom and scared me to death. He was in there. <laughs> Because I was just trying to get one from each different disciplines. 
So I went into an English class, of a math class, and he was in there, and I was like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> Mr. Wimpenny does have the best classroom. That's true. <laughs> in the math department, I should say. There you At go. At least in the math department. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. How has um, teaching PE changed? Oh, my gosh. I, when I first started teaching, I did a lot more um, of the rules. Like, we had a classroom that we used the classroom all the time. Um, we still had 50 kids, but I did paper tests on every single sport and skills, and a little bit more of that um, went on. I think um, now, I I guess I just, I maybe changed in my mindset. I do a lot more skill building instead of the basic rules because I modify everything. I never play everything completely to the rules. When we play softball I play with two outs because I get I get bored like I'm ADHD like if it takes forever for one of the teams to get I'm like okay you're out let's go and they're like what so I will cheat for that too (laughs) but um so I don't do as much as a paper because I think kids right now a days we're too much even especially right now in distance learning we're too much on in our desks or doing that I think kids need to play more so I've done a little bit more freedom of that and do the skill building versus the rule building of a game so I've seen that change. Um, I do think that uh, there's more participation. I guess when I first came and I was doing that, I was super, super strict, and everybody was afraid of me, which was really funny. I find that really funny now because I didn't know. I mean, before I came to Lakeside, I never taught public school. I never had 50 in a class. I had two kids in adaptive PE or at a Jewish school, I had 15 girls. Like, it wasn't difficult. So then when I had 50 kids, and I'll, I'll never forget when I came into the gym the first day. Oh, my gosh. Dylan led, oh, Dylan's amazing. And he, I, we still talk on Facebook. He um, is an amazing kid. And he was at the top of the bleachers with this red T-shirt, this giant mohawk and makeup. And I was like, I don't think I'm meant to be here. Like, I'm so scared <laughs> that he's going to kill me in this class. And he, the funny thing is he ended up being my volleyball manager. He's just an amazing kid. We've kept in touch. He was actually his, um, he works at a nursing home up in paradise. And last, when the fire's up in paradise, he lost everything because he was helping all the older people to, um, survive and to get settled in the, in the hotels. So I definitely keep track of him. I'm super close with, I have two other kids, Damien and Bianca. They were dating during, um, their first years here and they were freshmen my first year. And they got married two years after high school, have two beautiful children now. And now he's my electrician. He comes and he'll <laughs> put, I'm like, um, I just bought a new light. Can you help me? <laughs> so, you know, and that's what I think it, the difference is, is when I first started teaching here, I didn't know you could be close to the kids. Like I was always taught. And I think even in teaching credential, they taught you, you know, like, don't smile till November. Don't tell them you have a personality, you know, all this kind of stuff. And what it's nice now is I can just be myself. You know what I mean? Like, I, I care about kids. I'm like a person that wants to give hugs, and I hate that about distance learning. I want to give hugs to everybody. You know, it's like that's who I am. I just I just love to teach. I love the kids. And so um, the difference is now at my age – I'm okay with showing that side of me and showing that, you know, I just care about you. So whatever I have to do to make you, like, pass this class, I'm going to try and help you get to this class. Whereas when I first started teaching, it was like, these are my rules, and you have to do everything like this. So I guess the maturity of teaching has changed. But in me. With COVID, how has teaching PE been? Has it been a challenge? (laughs) It's been an extreme challenge, I'm not going to lie. It's really, for me, 
because I, we just did a personality test, and one of the things um, in my special ed class we did is this personality test, and one of the things that I'm very strong is in integrity. So as a teacher teaching PE in COVID, having that integrity of the subject matter and what I want kids to do is always like this burden on my, like, is this good enough? Is this going to make them do this? Does, can I justify what I'm doing as a teacher? You know, um, so for me, that's really hard. Like teaching PE, it comes naturally to me in person. So I also don't want to make the kids bored or too much work. So finding that balance is hard. So we have exercise journals for them to do where they can do whatever kind of activity that their family is allowing them to do. Because that's the other thing that I have to take in consideration. I mean, most people, you do math, you're on the table. You do PE, are you allowed to go outside? What does your parents say? Do you have anyone to do this with? You know, those are things that I have to take in consideration. So a week of freshman PE planning takes me sometimes two to three hours to find the right videos to teach them volleyball. Because I still want them to learn something. Um, And I found some anime once this last week. I was like, okay, I'm not into anime, but they have anime volleyball. And I remember I had this one girl, her name was Sarah, and she wanted to try out for the volleyball team. I'm like, do you know anything? She's like, no, but I've watched anime. I've learned a lot. And I was like, cool, come on out. Like, I just loved her from the get-go just for her saying that. So I just did a volleyball unit, and we're finishing it this week. And one of the things I did was show anime and how closely actually the anime cartoons go to the volleyball, which is interesting. And they will teach you some things. And so I'm always trying to at least teach them the rules and stuff so when we come back, they know the gist of things without even playing it, and then to make it fun. So I try, like, when we were doing basketball or football, we did um, bad lip readings for football, which is hilarious. I can probably recite half of those things myself because I watch it all the time. And then they had to, if they got extra credit, if they did a bad lip reading back to me. Um, I find that most kids don't like to do the video, which I would think you guys are on your phone all the time. Like, okay, do this and show me what it looks like. Okay, Ms. Ivanek, I'd like to not do that, please. I get these emails on it. I'm like, okay, just explain it to me. So being able to modify understanding kids and making sure that they're, the experience is what they need and what they're able to do. So if they're uncomfortable with the video, then letting them write it down and tell me specifically what is going on. So it's a lot of creativity in my brain. Um, I think that I, so it's, it's definitely hard and people make fun of me all the time. People make fun of PE teachers all the time. You know, they think that, you know, I just roll out of bed and roll out a ball and sit there and stand all the time, you know, and then, you know, oh, what are you doing for COVID? Um, I'm teaching. What are you teaching? Are you watching them do the exercise? I'm like, no, I'm not watching. No one wants to watch kids do exercise. <laughs> That's just creepy. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I don't know. I My students are doing pretty good. I like it. I mean, I have about 10 to 15 freshmen will come on every day and say hello, and we spend a little bit of time getting to know each other. We played Among Us a little bit just because part of PE is getting that social skills going. I'm terrible at Among Us. Oh, I'm awful. <laughs> I don't understand that game. I don't follow. I get killed every time. They just like to kill me is what they like. Ms. Yvonne, are you going to play this? Okay. You're dead. Okay. <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah, it's just been, uh, you know, trial and error and asking the kids a lot. I ask the kids a lot. Braden will tell you. He's in my other class. I ask a lot. What do you think about this? Do you mm-hmm. want to see something different? Because no matter what, right now, we have to do what's best for you guys as kids. And so any way that I can make PE a little bit more attainable or my academic essentials class or my leisure life class, so that way you guys can have success, that's what I'm trying to do the most of. 
Do you still see yourself um, in the spot that you are 10 years down the road here at Lakeside? Mm, hopefully not. I mean, at my age, I want to be retired by then and maybe subbing here every once in a while. I mean, I can still see myself um, coming back. Like my PE teacher, she retired a little bit after I graduated from high school. And um, she came back and watched. And everybody, she was just like one of those people that everybody cared about, you know, like Mrs. Schoonover. She's here all the time watching. I love her. She's an amazing person. So, you know, when Mrs. Schoonover, you know, wants to retire, I'll take her position as like, you know, lakeside uh, pep person and come to all the games and know all the kids and, you know, take pictures with all the silly lakeside shirts on and stuff like that. I, I see myself doing that in retirement, but I'd like to travel more and um, hopefully have grandkids at some point in time, you know, and be that grandmother that goes in the dirt and plays with their kids. That's what I see myself doing. So maybe... Five to ten years, who knows? So we're not, we're not doing too bad on time. Oh, no. uh, we're at 44 minutes. Maybe cut like five. five. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, one of the go to questions that like Flannery and I use all the time is like, what advice would you have for like students? So maybe. In the student podcast, you guys yeah. always ask that. Yeah. yeah, so maybe you guys can split it up. Like, what advice would you have for a senior? And what advice would you have for a freshman? kind of differences and then like, we're doing pretty good on time so maybe after that kind of transition into the closing closing and then you guys should be good what advice especially during distance learning do you think that you would give um, especially to our seniors out there listening to this first I tell you not to give up because this is going to be temporary everything you know there's all of us who are on this earth right now at some point in time I've had some kind of diversity go on and you've had to strive I've had multiple things happen you know life is never perfect so how you deal with this is important. And if you could learn from this communication and to stay close to those people that you need in your life, I think is important. And to always see a goal ahead of you, whether it be college or um, trade school or something, just at least have somewhat of a plan. Because as we can see in distance learning, sitting on your couch can last for hours, right? And so if you don't have a plan or at least follow something that you love to do. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't it doesn't have to be what your parents think it is or your friends think it is. You know, it took me seven years to get through college. People laugh at that, but you know, I had a blast. I learned about myself and I've had my career this whole entire time and loved it. So there's no timeline on doing it, but definitely always work towards it because if you stop, starting is a lot harder. That's my opinion. And with that, um, how would, what advice would you give to freshmen that haven't stepped on campus yet? Wow. Well, definitely come here because we're amazing. The teachers are amazing. Be in my class because I'm fun. But um, I would also think it's not as scary as you think it is and get involved. One of the best things, and this is what I did with my kids, Caitlin Ryan was one of um, my first volleyball players, and she's amazing, and her family is amazing, and there are people here in um in Elsinore and they do a lot of um, supporting of Elsinore people and she told me I gave my kid two weeks to join something or I would join them in anything and it wouldn't be necessarily what they want and I thought that was great you have to get involved in something to make your high school years memorable and it doesn't matter what it could be in the anime club it could be in the craft club it could be in the isn't there a green club here could be a sport it doesn't really matter just do something because you need those connections. 
All right, so thank you, Mrs. Awadnik, for coming on and sharing your stories with us. I really appreciate that. So does Rowan as well. You're welcome. It was fun to come in. Speak for yourself, Brad, and enjoy a minute of this. <laughs> <laughs> True. Nobody likes you, Rowan. It's okay. You know what? You know, at least I don't go around calling people ugly. True, very true. But you know, you know, I say it with love every time I see you. We have that relationship yeah. since we co- I coached you in tennis, and you yeah. were terrible, and I had to Girl, help you through it. You you quit. <laughs> how are you gonna say you saw how I played? I went back to volleyball because I had no coaches. You were fake. You came back when we made it to CIF. I supported you. I did not coach you during that time. You need a coach now, though, but. You. We made it to CIF. They did. Progress. They did. Progress. They did that an amazing true. job. Rowan, they worked so hard that year from not really ever holding a racket with the intent of not hitting it over the fence to making it to CIF. I mean, she worked really hard. Who's your partner that year? Allie. Oh, that's right. It was Allie. Yeah. I mean, you guys worked super hard. I remember the um, first game at, was it Norco? Or Centennial up there. I mean, we drove up there, and it was super overwhelming. You remember those? They had the people in the stands, and they were oh, talking, okay, and yeah, it was yeah. a little bit of a crazy situation. But you guys worked really hard together. It was so much fun. You made it fun. I mean, we gave each other a really hard time a lot, but yes. that's okay because you know that I care, and I thought you were amazing, and it was so fun to be with you and to be able to coach you that year. You should come back and coach. The tennis coach spot's open. <laughs> Like I said, I'm enjoying being a mom right now, <laughs> and I only get four years, hopefully. I mean, my with Keegan, you know, after one year not being able to play again, like, I regret not going to more of her games because I only got to see two series with her. So I'm going to see whatever I can with Violet, and who knows, after four years, maybe I'll come back to tennis coaching. I mean, I definitely am going to help out with boys' volleyball again when once we're actually in the gym because I love boys' volleyball. It's been a lot of fun. We went really far. Coach Walter is amazing to work with. And we keep each other laughing and stuff, so, yeah. All right, so thank you for coming on. Uh, <laughs> I should have probably said that we were doing it again. So we're going to do it again. Uh-uh. All right. Thank you for coming on, Ms. Vaughn, Nick. Um, we really enjoyed the stories that you had for us today. Thank you. You're welcome. It was fun to be here. Make sure you guys drop us a follow on Instagram and Spotify at High School Transcript. And be sure to keep an eye out for our new episodes as they're released every Wednesday and Sunday. See you guys next time.